Fresh from the Pro Tour Baltimore, this is ISP Patreon supporter Clark Jansen, and you are watching the Instant Speed Podcast on 983 Media. This week's guests are Charmer and Logan from Flesh and Pod. Drop the beat! This is the Instant Speed Podcast, episode number 81, brought to you by Kayfabe Cards. Go to kayfabecards.com. Our guest today is Logan Peterson and Derek Oswald, aka Charmer of Flesh and Pod. Before we get to that, let's get to the facts. A lot went down. We were all in Baltimore taking in Pro Tour 3. The winner of Pro Tour 3, none other than the sure thing, Michael Fang on Oldham beating Mara Farris, the Empress of Volcor, on Dromai. A wonderful weekend altogether. Uh, alongside that, we had the largest ever calling that occurred in Baltimore. Over 900 and change participated and competed, and that was won by Merrick Kemp playing Dash. A wonderful tournament there. Again, the biggest ever. That is a huge accomplishment. So congratulations to Merrick Kemp. Also, Dylan Dietz won the Battle Hardened on Icelander, defeating Noah Clark's Prism. So a lot of tournaments. The entire experience was fantastic. And ultimately, it came down to uh, Michael Fang winning the Pro Tour on Oldham. But it wasn't just about cards, ladies and gentlemen. Sometimes it's about that awesome aspect of cosplay. We saw her on the show last week. If you haven't seen it, go check it out where we talk about cosplay. That's Rachel Stoddard showed off her awesome Nitro Mechanoid cosplay that won her a Taylor card. She is known as Dash and she is just hyped it up. She just upgraded to the Nitro Mechazoid, uh, sorry, Nitro Mechanoid, and Rachel Starter won the cosplay contest that happened in Baltimore. Hey, we've got Dusk Till Dawn leaks. A lot of information, a lot of cool stuff, like a brand new hero called Vincent. We saw some new Prism uh, to come out and, and do some cool stuff. Now, we have no idea what those heroes will be doing, but we do have a clue here because we have a brand new card called Bologna. It is a Archangel, it is an ally that he'll help out the light side there. And uh, yeah, so lots more information is going to be leaking out as the summer months progress. But what's also that we uh, we heard about based on um, James White's keynote speech, which he delivered on the Thursday at the Players Banquet, which gave us information about the future of Flesh and Blood. He talked about what national season uh, is going to look like. It's going to be some drafts some classic constructed. But the fun fact here, friends, is that we're going to be drafting Monarch. We're going to be drafting Monarch at national. So start brushing up, get a few boxes in store so you can get prepared for those Monarch drafts. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we've got the cast of the Flesh and Pod podcast. Two awesome people. That would be Charmer and Logan. And we talk everything Pro Tour Baltimore. This episode of Instant Speed Podcast is brought to you by Kayfabe Cards. Located in Utah, Kayfabe Cards is a smart choice for all of your flesh and blood needs. Prepare for the battles you'll face through the world of Wraith by gearing up at kayfabecards.com. That's K-A-Y-F-A-B-E-C-A-R-D-S dot com and get all of the cards shipped directly to your door. 
Hey, if Magic or Pokemon is your jam, they've got you covered. Kayfabe Cards has a plethora of TCG options, sealed products, and singles to keep you collecting and keep you competitive. Kayfabe Cards, be who you want to be. Welcome to the Instant Speed Podcast. This is episode 81, our our episode today. Our episode today, our guest today, and our episode. Yeah, we're getting there. I'm a professional, see? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what else to say. The, the, what I'm doing, I'm doing you a favor, Logan. Uh-huh. Specifically, you're doing me a favor. I am because I'm I'm stretching that clock past the like 30 second mark. But mind you, we have all the intros and the news nonsense that I do separately. Oh, I came across. I too. assumed that you were padding this beginning with a blooper reel. Uh, long story short, friends, if you're listening to this, it is a uh, the uh, the two stooges from Flesh and Pod. Um, I've got. Uh, gr- Grins McIdiot and uh, and and Beardy Mc McMoron face. I don't know what else to say. Uh, we 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 went an entire episode with barely slandering you, and the first thing you do yeah. when we come on your show is just yeah. immediately start the slander. All right, I get it. Well, okay. the way that I- this works is because every episode, for those who don't know, Flesh and Pod is like the only Flesh and Blood podcast that I like religiously listen to. I listen to others periodically here and then, but like. For me, must see TV is essentially uh, Flesh and Pod because I, I it's like hanging out, like which we've done, which we did all weekend, and what we'll get to. Oh, we can. Yeah, so it was nice. It it was a nice kind of little you know transition phase to getting back to reality, which is living in my my nerd palace of construction hell, and um, listening to that while I was sort of cleaning the apartment today felt like we were back there, which was. PT Baltimore, but um, I've got Charmer, aka Derek Oswald, and uh, Logan Peterson, aka that's about it, right? How are you guys? Uh, no, I yeah, that's about it. I, uh, Charmer, you pick up that one because uh, Smucker's face over here needs to tell us how he's doing today. How are you doing today, Derek, with your uh, inability to use your right arm for much more than uh, awkwardly trying to slide on some headphones? You know, it's actually going pretty well today i have gained a lot of mobility i'm still in a, a lot of pain and i accidentally tore my like strips that were protecting my stitches off when okay. i was on the the last day of you know baltimore um but now that i'm home and i've slapped you know another bandage over the top of them and i've been able to literally just like focus on kind of like the the physical therapy the pt side of things i've gained a, a lot of mobility today so i'm still in a lot of pain but i'm emboldened by the progress i can feel real gaming in my future and after spending all weekend at baltimore and don't get me wrong i had a wonderful time but spending all weekend watching other people play a game that i love flesh and blood i'm just like dying to jump into games and so today was what i needed i I was feeling pretty down after spending the whole weekend watching everyone else have fun and now i'm like okay maybe by this you know upcoming weekend i can hit some cards because I'm actually showing improvement finally. Can you demonstrate some of the new motions you're able to do with yeah, that? Yeah, what do you have now? So, so for those <laughs> uh-huh. who are wondering, right, I can do I can do this. Tomahawk chop, gotcha. And then, and then, okay. yeah. and then we've got this. Perfect. This might need to be blurred. It's a great one. I don't know how this works with the yeah, uh, the other show. Family. It's fine. The, this is the a family algorithm. show, Charmer. I, I just like how the answer you gave me was like reading off the script for like a hover round. Well, I was having an awful day and my mobility was really bad. And then I suddenly I got this hover round and now I can go get to the around, Grand Canyon get with. Around. I get around. All right. But you would, better 
I mean, you better have good insurance if you're going to be around your kids going to the Grand Canyon. They may shove you in. But uh, have you been? Have you ever been to the Grand Canyon? Yes. I, I went. I was. Dra- I won't say I was dragged there. Like I wanted to see it, but I have a like a paralyzing fear of heights. And in my mind, I was thinking that, okay, the Grand Canyon is going to have like a railing and like a safety. No, it's just the freaking it's it's about it's rock and then death. And that's basically it. Not only that, but like the bus ride that you take to get onto the territory to get to go to like the best vantage. The dude was treating it like Rainbow Road for freak's sake. Like he was just going around and like we're we're going and i'm like i'm like there's there's death like we are literally five feet away from plunging into a hole uh it was the most terrifying experience uh probably of my life besides no that would be it that was it that's it that's the one not not being laid up in a hospital with uh no no because not being trapped in hotel room with me well that was um that was more like psychic damage uh no this one is the Guillaume was different because I got to experience the beauty of opioids, which I don't recommend long term, ladies and gentlemen, but damn it. But in the short term, they're so good. Well, so here's a little uh, here's a little kind of tip for you guys. When the nurse says on a scale of one to ten, how much does it hurt? You never say ten. Ten, they know that you're you're BSing them. You always say like if it's really bad, you say Eight, eight and they're eight. like are you sure eight and then you give him a face you give him that smucker's grin that uh this guy over here and you go mm, and they're like more mm. like nine and you have to do this you're like that way they know that like you know but if you say 10 they immediately know that you're bsing them but uh yeah no it was the most excruciating pain i've ever been in in my life sustained for multiple multiple weeks but uh the grand canyon was more like no no i'm i'm alive and well but that could change in a heartbeat. <laughs> so, yeah, the only time I've been there, I got there by helicopter. So that was probably be worse for you, quite honestly. Oh, yeah. Well, I just got over my fear of flying like in the past couple of years, which is ridiculous because I worked at an airline for five years. So is, is that weird. while you were writing the stoic? I were during the, the stand up comedians. This bit? is all getting cut um, <laughs> immediately. All right. So we were all at the pro tour in Baltimore, which I think I basically described it as Flesh and Blood or LSS's most successful event to date. Can we agree on that? I don't think that's a question. I disagree. Why do you disagree? Because I wasn't on it. (laughs) That's twice. That's twice that he has said the same thing. If we're talking about... You know, attendance, I think having 900 people for your calling is outstanding. If you're talking about quality of play, I think that the top eight was fantastic. We had well-known players on, you know, archetypes that they have definitely made, not just like decks for, but part of their identity. It was so wonderful to see Mara and Michael Fang on their heroes in the finals that they've put in the work for. If we're talking about the broadcast as somebody who spent a lot of time watching you and the others in the booth, um, filled with envy. Uh, I felt like the production quality was outstanding. I loved the transitions. If we're talking about the stuff that was going on off the broadcast, but they're at the event for the people who didn't get to see it at home with the extra stage and the cosplay contest and all of that. It was beautiful. Uh, everyone I talked to was amazing. 
I saw smiles all through the convention center. One of my good friends had two grand stole from him and still finished the weekend with smiles on his face. So I think it's fair to say it's as good as it could be without hiring me. I mean, I, I, I don't know how else to, exactly. I'm just going to echo the, uh, the physical sentiment that Logan's throwing out there. I mean, from a, a standpoint of the whole production, like having been at all their other events, like from PT New Jersey, worlds all their nationals and whatever this had this was essentially the cleanest the the best executed the most comfortable um the um, i think things were like started on time ended relatively on time there was enough to do for everybody things fired off appropriately there was no gigantic controversies or nonsense there were places to sit places to eat places to go i think all in all frankly um, the improvements that this this event had, like if we're each to pick something from this event that you're like, yeah, that was a home run. I think for me, the 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 stands, like the sort of the uh, elevated viewing area, the viewing stage, was that not yeah. just awesome? Yeah, I was waiting to say something yeah. about that. I I took photos of Mara when she was playing because I also thought that that was the sort of thing that she would want right after the fact something where okay you were you were playing yeah you were on coverage but i i just really liked that kind of like stadium feel but it was it was great because it allowed players to watch the feature match uh, i also really liked that they had the seats in front of the like projector area right so we had a lot of people that were watching the coverage watching you know you guys do your thing and then also had people kind of watching the live games gives it that like i said that stadium feel you're elevated you're looking down um both both were relatively packed throughout the entire weekend and i think that that speaks volumes to you know how interested in the games people were and you would hear cheers like you knew when the the games ended if you were there in the convention center right because you'd hear cheers you'd hear claps um it was just fantastic i loved it yeah the the interesting like it, it felt like a choose your own adventure for experience. So if you wanted a theatrical experience, you can go watch it on the screen. And, and with uh, if you wanted the full experience, you could be listening to commentary at the same time. You had the ability to watch it like it was a sporting event to go up on the the risers and just watch it live. It was as it was happening. And you had full view of both players and what they're doing. Hands, everything. It was super well set up. And one of the things that really stuck out to me was the choice of venue. Now, we have heard plenty of talk about Baltimore, and yes, we had somebody has two grand stole from them. I get it. But the it's called getting Baltimore, I guess. I, I didn't know. The But the key to me is when you're in a venue like that and it neither feels too full or too empty. Yeah. And in this case, it felt exactly what you wanted. You always had a place to go. But it wasn't so far from something else happening that you felt like you were disconnected. You always felt like you were part of the event, no matter where you were in the hall. But it was also super comfortable. There was no like cramped quarters. It was all just set up in a way that made it enjoyable. Even like you even talk about the way that the cosplay or the cosplay contest stage slash James White stage slash whatever they were doing, opening cards and filming it and yelling boom a lot stage. Uh, that was all set up immaculately. Like, so you had the ability to be standing on the outside of it or you had seating in the middle. Like if you just wanted to sit and just be present, you could. Uh, and everybody really throughout the, throughout the contest, the LSS reps, uh, even the casters when they had, didn't have any, you know, when they weren't casting or trying to gather, you know, information or whatever, 
Uh, everybody was just super accessible, which is always an important part of it for the people who are there to mingle and meet and network. And the play spaces were just set up in a way that made it so that it was ultra comfortable the entire time. And that that can't be overlooked. That is such an important part of the event that gets missed a ton. And they nailed it. Now, there's a lot of stuff that you guys spoke about on your podcast that I don't want to rehash over here because I want people to go to Flesh and Pod and listen to this episode. It was a long one that you guys put out, but it was a good one because you dug into a lot of elements that I want to briefly touch on, uh, one of which I think is important to discuss, which is LSS's presence at this event, I thought was over and above. And I'm not talking about their presence in the sense of like they're in the back, just kind of overlording everything and just kind of pulling the strings. I'm talking about they were like out and about like. James was playing UPF. James was opening stuff the, the, besides the artists and whatever. Like they were out there making sure that people were well engaged. Like this is a very front facing um, uh, LSS presence at this at this tournament, at this event. Uh, in previous events that they were there in certain in certain areas or certain venues or whatever, a lot of the times they were kind of in like the back room right, if mm-hmm. they were there. But I don't think they were there. They weren't there for more than like a couple minutes at a time. They were always out making sure that the whole tournament was kind of the feel, the vibe, and there's, you know, no fires that needed to be put out. And I don't know how much of that is LSS saying, no, this is how we want to do this. We want to be out there. Or how much of this is saying we don't want to repeat of Worlds, let's say. Because right. I think we can all agree that Worlds left a lot to be desired. And, you know, it was just a cacophony of, you know, random elements that were not quite right. It just was, you know, like it's like it was like a song that we like, but it was out of tune. Like it was like a cover band doing it. You're like, okay, I like this song, but I don't like this key. I don't like the singer. And the dude on drums is missing a beat. Right. Yeah. Amateur singing journey. Yep. Got it. Basically, any karaoke night. Right. Like that's exactly. So what are your what's your take on LSS showing up and really being out there, you know, pressing flush and, you know, sh- you know, shaking hands and, and answering questions and really being out and about. It's, I mean, it's really hard and probably impossible to overstate the impact that has on people. You hear it so much when somebody's like, I, we saw it there. It's in my, it's in the YouTube comments of the episode that we released today. And everybody, Flesh and Pot is released on Tuesdays on all your favorite podcast platforms and YouTube. Please no like free and subscribe. Ads. Hashtag no free ads. Hashtag no free ads. And I'll pay for it later. <laughs> but the, the, they said, you know, they, they were talking to their, their work colleagues today. And they talked about, hey, I got to meet the creator of the game I love to play. And they're like, oh, you just got to shake Sandra. It's like, no, I, I had like a five minute conversation with the guy. And, that kind of access has fostered an environment where and and it's not it's not lip service. They the player base and the collector base of this game all feel listened to the entire time. You, you we talked about it on our show where, you know, we're talking about Dust Till Dawn a little bit and we talked about the pre-release and how Biobox promos are back. And the stores are now allowed to order as much Dust Till Dawn as they want to for to give us prizes at the pre-release. These are all things that were talked about recently within the community as things we want to see again. The next set, it's it's there. They have this uncanny ability to just be nimble, to be agile, to pivot. That's a very loaded term a lot of the time. But, but to make sure that they are 
focusing on providing the experience. And it all starts at the top. It all starts with James. But he has empowered his staff and everybody there to make those types of decisions to be omnipresent. Uh, Like we talk about Alex a lot because Alex is that type of person. Uh, We spent an entire night just hanging out with Josh Scott, which if you ever get the opportunity to. Oh, God. You should hang out with Josh Scott. It is (laughs) some of the best things that you can possibly do with your free time. I hype this guy up all the time. And people are like, oh, how funny can he be? And it was literally just like Ooh. seven or eight of us eating dinner late at night. And I'm like, Josh, uh, tell us a story. And he's just like, all right, let's talk about the bus ride with the Maori guy that I had told me about his. Uh, so good. Yeah. Oh, uh, have a big mech. And will you marry me? It's like, friends, I'm telling you, if you're listening to this and you and you're able to spend like a dinner with Josh Scott, make sure if you're at at a venue and Josh Scott is sitting down talking, you get as close to it as possible. And you just listen because he is such a phenomenal. So he also has the most ridiculous life, like how he got hired, his like how he like him going through school, his story of how he proposed to his wife is makes all of us look like complete garbage. Horrible. Yeah, I now that I've met him. I'm convinced that they have him write the rules because he breaks the rules of life. (laughs) (laughs) That's possible. I mean, it's even have you ever listened to Alex's origin story? Like Alex Alex Norville? I have not heard. I I would imagine that that's another good one. It's so good because it makes no sense how he's where he's at. Because much the same as is like Josh, it was. He thought he was going to be an author. He much like Matt DeMarco wrote oh a book. Oh my God. I swear. And he's like, I'm going to write this book and I'm going to sell it. And then I'm going to be able to just be a writer. And it, it and it didn't happen. And so he went on to LSS and, and Alex, if you're listening and you need to correct any of this, please do so. But, um, you know, direct all legal complaints to Flesh and Pod Legal, subsidiary Black Hole Legal, which is still the trash can next to Jordan Kennedy's desk. Hi, Jordan. And God, I love that guy. But the... But he then went in and was like a temp. He was an intern, a contract worker for LSS. And, and then just boop, 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 and next thing you know, he's the content creator manager. I, I mean, just well, okay. and he probably, you know, did that boop, 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 because he's killing it. Like, let's be honest here. I wanted if, to yada yada it. That's yeah. It. Yeah. If if you've ever had the opportunity to meet Alex, uh, incredibly kind, incredibly smart, but also just one of the hardest workers like that's one of the things that i i want to take a moment to talk about you know you're talking about the the presence and the accessibility of lss alex was a madman at this thing every time i turned around he was somewhere getting footage listening to things um i know that he also gave you know some additional credit to others but i know that he was heavily involved with uh updating that live blog um which is outstanding by the way you haven't seen the live blog from the the pro tour you really should check it out but it's not even just alex the thing that really stood out to me about lss at this event is that it was very clear to me that it was intentional for all of them to be accessible uh, with the exception of james and you know one could argue that he was wearing his uniform because he had his polo on his classic very recognizable polo but with the exception of james almost every person that i saw who worked for lss was uh, wearing an LSS shirt with a name tag. They wanted you to know they were from LSS and be approachable and know their name. So like I got to obviously talk to Josh and Alex. I got to meet Trevor. You know, I got to talk to James for a little bit. Everybody there, it was again, very apparent that they 
were there to be accessible. They were there to make the experience great for everybody. And then this was something else that I, I was saying to a, another friend of mine here locally is that the nice thing when you talk to James is that you can tell James is just passionate about the game. And as somebody who is the CEO, it's so refreshing when somebody cares about the game more than they care about the business. Because don't get me wrong, LSS is still running a business. The goal is still to make money. And I hope that they are successful because they are earning it. But when you talk to James, it's not like, oh, the business is going well, oh, our, our sales are great, whatever. It's, hey, I really love this set. Hey, wait till you see the next thing, right? Like he's as much invested in the game as anybody on the planet. And I and it shines in any conversation you've ever had with him. The guy's a gamer. Like, let's get real here. Like, uh, all things aside, the guy is a gamer at heart. And all you need to know about that is how much he agonized over his UPF game that he played. Oh, yep. Where essentially it's like, dude, you could just let the guy win. You know, like, let the dude win. You're the creator of the game, you know. But he was like, no, no, no. Like, sitting there making sure agonizing over every play every pitch every everything and then when i was doing the uh hosting the cosplay contest i, I like james was there and i was like hey james like how did it go did you win and he looks at me and he's like well no but and then he starts explaining why he didn't win and i'm like dude i'm like yeah, like, you know, he's a gamer because it's either, yeah, I won or no, but story like that is a true gamer. So he was trying to sort of justify why he didn't win that game. And Does that need a dollar a minute? Uh, we, if, yeah, what am I going to charge James a dollar a minute for his bad beat story? I mean, I guess yeah, I, I should. Mean, we have integrity right. here, you know, right? We, we need to sort out that menu, I think. Yeah, gotta get the menu. <laughs> yeah, we got to get the menu posted. Um, When you mentioned like how. Like Josh Gott's origin story, I think for those who haven't heard it, I will very briefly just summarize it. Josh picked up Flesh and Blood as his first card game, played it, found some holes in the rules. This is like way back, I think it maybe 2019. Went well, it's 19, to, I believe. Yeah. Went to a, a tournament where James was, approached James with questions about the rules to the point where James started saying, well, what do you think should happen? which then basically ended in how much do you like your job? Would you like to come write our rules for us? Okay, that's that's Josh Scott. Like, that's his whole thing. I'm not even going to get into the whole th the whole part where he basically rewrote his entire university department's curriculum as a student and then got hired as the teacher of the program that he was studying. Like, this guy is a genius. He's also hilarious. But Alex's origin story, like when you look at him, the first thing that pops into mind is him emerging from the ocean like Aquaman, like, you know, like just like in board shorts, you know, being like, yep. what's going on? And then it's like, all right, let's go. Like having a good time. Like all together, I think LSS went through a little bit of a rocky period, I think maybe towards like Q3, 4 um, onward. Worlds, I've, I think was, you know, you know, all things considered, Worlds could have been a lot worse because I think Trevor jumped in to clean up some messes that were left by previous people. I'm not sure all the details or some things I, I ne can't necessarily get into details, but Trevor, who is in charge here of OP in North America and all that. No, no, no. Premier play. Um, I, I made that same mistake when I was talking to him. I said, I heard, you know, you're the OP guy. I wanted to introduce myself. And he said, well, you know, actually I'm premier play. So Put some respect on Okay, so let me read my phrase. This name. Trevor, who's in charge of PP. Um <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> is that is that what you want me to say? Like, 
Okay. Well, he did say that for the record. It wasn't just for uh, for the joke. Okay. He did say Premier so, Play. So there's a difference. Pr- Premier Play Manager, or we shortened it to PP Man. Um, Trevor the PP Man. Uh, did, a bit. <laughs> uh, listen, I'm digging in, man. All right. You're either in the trenches with me or you're in no man's land. But uh, yeah, Smucker's over there with his shit eating grin again. I love I love how you call me Smucker's like you don't have the biggest grin you out of the three of us. As as if you're like you're like pee pee man. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> you did look like a Matt DeMarco bobblehead. It was I the did. funniest. Thing. You just got given away at stadium night, uh, you know, in Montreal or something. That's what you looked like. It was just like <laughs> what, what is this? But I mean, you look like a circus seal. It's uh, not exactly what you should, the look you should be going yeah. for. <laughs> Perfect. No notes. Tre- Trevor did an, a tremendous job. And this is literally probably about like he's in like second gear. But when he wants to be in fifth for for Worlds. So however, you know, this one played out. I am so excited to see what Worlds will bring. And in all honesty, you know, if we're if we're sort of like rewinding this back to last year, we had two pro tours in a Worlds. This year, when they announced, oh, it's only one Pro Tour in Worlds, honestly, the whole sort of sour taste of saying, hey, we're losing one whole premier event, that kind of is all sort of by the wayside now because of how how great this was and it becomes a bigger deal. And it's like, holy crap, like having it's like having Christmas twice a year, you know, if you have it anymore and you're splitting and it's a big budget issue, too, I think. I think sure. and I think the this proper element here that people need to re- also recognize is LSS really dug deep into the pockets in the first couple of years to put themselves on the map and establish themselves as the real deal. And this year, once the game has established itself as a true competitive card game, they're like, all right, we're, we might cut out an entire PT. It's going to save us a lot of money. We're going to put the pro- we're going to double the prize pool for one. But all the money we're saving on, you know, a second PT, we can dump a lot of that money into making sure that that one PT and one Worlds, like each of those, each of those events basically kind of got 50% extra budget, you know, like, are they just like, you know, they got a, sure. a, a nice budget injection to be as good as they were. And that well, that kind of points to just how incredible Baltimore was because they put themselves in a position where if Baltimore didn't deliver, that was going to be chaos and they instead you know the expectations were super high because they had to be it couldn't be just better than a tent it had to be something worth being one of the two events the premier events of the year and that pressure they just like looked at it and said okay sure and then just did it and it worked it's beautiful i I don't I don't understand outside of not hiring Derek for commentary what they could have done better. Like I don't I don't know. It was just I've so, tried to sit there and think about it. And I just I just can't. I, I, I did want to uh, throw some praise out, which is I remember when Baltimore was first announced that there was a lot of community members that were like, oh, Baltimore, this isn't going to make it worth coming. And there was a lot of you know, complaints about, you know, if you're only going to have one pro tour, why would you pick Baltimore? Um, there was a lot of that kind of, um, you know, up elitism from some of the members of the community. Uh, and I'm, I'm happy that they were wrong because it was an outstanding event, but I will say, you know, all jokes aside about the hiring me thing. Uh, I have actually thought about one thing that I felt was uh, a backward step 
Okay, so if we're going to levy any sort of valid criticism, and keep in mind, I'm digging deep on this because I thought that uh, 99% of the, the things at Baltimore were fantastic. Uh, I did feel like the prize wall options at this event were a step backwards. So if you are somebody who played in a lot of side events and then you're turning in your tickets, the redemption rates for some of the packs were you know, not necessarily great. And then at previous events, there were usually a lot of um, available side items like old promos or even a couple of new promos and stuff that you could pick up. And there there weren't as many options this time. And it also felt like there was a, a big gap between like the low end items and then the the incredible top end. Right. So uh, you either had stuff that you were getting for like 100 tickets or less, or it was like oversized cards that were like 2,500 tickets. And there weren't just like a lot of like really good intermediate choices. So uh, I'm not saying there was bad stuff there. There was definitely things that I would have wanted. I, I would have loved some of the oversized cards, but 2,500 <laughs> tickets is a, a lot to try to cram in on that one weekend for the the one item. And then if you fall short, like, you know, you, you put in the work and maybe even try buying tickets from people or whatever, but you don't quite get there. Like I said, the, the like intermediate options didn't feel great. So like at previous callings, I was trying to go for an oversized card. I didn't quite get it. And instead I, I bought a statue that I, you know, I brought home for my oldest son, for example. Right. Um, so yeah, that would be, and again, I'm digging deep here, gang. Right. But like that would be one valid criticism that I would levy. But that's a that's yeah. an SCG thing. Like that's yeah, yeah. that's what I was gonna say. I think well, that's an SCG yes. thing. Yeah. Well, well, but no, if, but you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they're, if they're hiring SCG to run these things, like it does. Yeah. You know, factor in, but but yes, like and like I said, it it's not like that ruins the experience for me by any stretch. But I'm just saying, like, okay, that was you know, now that I'm actually reflecting and I've I've taken off my my joke charmer hat. Um, that is something that kind of stood out to me. So that, um, I, I completely agree. And mind you, I don't really get to play in much of these events, but when I do, when I get some tickets, even if it's a decent amount, like I think it was the calling in, in Indy or whatever, I played in some sites and did really well and scored a, a like several hundred tickets, like five or 600 tickets. And I ended up just, I'm like, there's nothing I want. I don't want, I don't want to flip these for packs. And, you know, I don't want to gamble that way. And there's no, like, like you mentioned, there's no, there's no promos I want. There's no cold foil tokens. Like to me, cold foil tokens, I think are the coolest things to get. I really wanted a cold foil frostbite. Couldn't find it, yeah. didn't have it or something like that. And at the end of the day, I'm literally just sitting there, you know, like opening my, my coat with like what, like I got like ro fake Rolexes in this one and tickets on the other and just like offering and selling things. And. I mean, I sell them like I sell the tickets and that's what it is. But I think that that's a that is certainly a valid criticism. And yeah. like I, I think that cha like Channel Fireball events, their prize rolls were a lot, a lot better, I find. Yeah, they, they were, were just more varied. Right. Um, you, you know, you I think just by throwing options, you you get a lot of goodwill from folks because they don't feel pigeonholed because. Yeah. Like this time around, um, you know, packs of outsiders were 40 tickets per right. And there were no like bundles or promos. So like if you wanted a sealed box, you basically had to, you know, times that amount by whatever 24. it is for a box. 924. So it's like 900. Yeah, 960 tickets. Um, and that was the lowest price to mind you for packs. Some of the other sets were more than 40 tickets. And so the amount of like events that you would have to win to like win a box um, at a big premiere event like that just felt 
rather high compared to when I go to my locals, right? There's a lot of times where an LGS will run something where it's like, hey, we're going to do, you know, a draft or a sealed and winner gets a box. You know what I mean? Um, I'm not saying that they need to do that kind of conversion because that's a lot of people and a lot of product, but I shouldn't have to like also win four events to get a box either. You yeah, know, you guys should come to Canadian Nats and you'll feel like you're getting like how many slices of pizza can I have? Uh, two. Uh, you're allowed two. two and they will check. They will they will make sure that you get only two slices. That's why when I came to that uh, that LGS, which LGS was that? In Minneapolis? Uh, no, the one where I got extra pizza. Oh, Never, I, either way, I went. Yeah. I went to. Uh, I went to an armory. Uh, Logan was there. Jordan was there. They had pizza, and they made sure to announce. Beyond the board. That was it. Beyond the board, and they're like, everyone's allowed as much pizza as they want, except for Flake, who's used to only allowing, uh, being allowed two. <laughs> yeah. So um, ultimately, at the end of the day, I think that if this was a, just a massive success, which, like yeah. you alluded to is a relief in itself i think to lss because like you said there was for for a lot of people myself included there was a little bit of concern that if you know when they announced baltimore i had the same kind of i don't say i had the same reaction but i had some concerns because of everybody else's reaction where like you said a lot of people just flat out didn't want to go or burn a a, a, an invite or something because it was in baltimore they're like i don't want to go to baltimore i don't want to pay to go to baltimore i don't want to stay in baltimore but all in all no like i i went to the airport i took the streetcar passed by camden yards it stopped literally at the convention center i walked one block went to my hotel went through the harbor went for dinner a bunch of places had a an an amazing time now obviously you know i most of it was we stayed within a two block radius of our hotel yeah, there's only four streets in all of baltimore by the way there are only four streets yeah so we, Light we street charles lombard <laughs> and pratt yeah we yep. saw them all um but every single one the, like, every single one. there was definitely a sense of relief not just like that the event you know, didn't have any hiccups or anything, but that it was above and beyond. It was just, it's like, okay, Worlds is going to be great. Things are on track. Uh, I think it was a confidence builder, not just for LSS, but for the community as well. I'd agree with that. Um, I think that there, there, I, I mean, I, again, there were isolated incidents that I heard of people having, you know, somebody's car got broken into, there was the the theft at the venue that happened after hours, um, things like that. There's the the Fab Metal one too. I don't know if you heard about that. I didn't hear about that. Did not. Yeah, the Fab Metal guys. Somebody again, not not for the actual event, but just like somebody who knew there was a convention going on, came in, grabbed a bag of their stuff, and just like sprinted out. And it's I, you know, it's very sad to hear that, but I was kind of chuckling. Like I, I bet those people thought they were picking up something light and then they got like all the fab metal tokens. And yeah. so they were probably out of breath like two blocks later. But go yeah, again, they, they had, dominate. They yeah, they yeah. they had uh an incident as well. And uh, you know, that's the unfortunate thing, right? I, I know that it's a convention center, and so like when it's open like that, um, there's only so much that security can do because it's hard to tell like who's there for the event and who's not. And there's no like admission um, to get into the thing. But it, it is unfortunate. Well, it's it goes part and parcel, I think, with everything. I mean, um, theft occurs all over the place. People got robbed in San Jose, uh, you know, had their cars broken into. Um, and Viet Pham had his entire deck stolen the night before of his tournament and then finished first seed. So, you know, from uh, 
from you know tragedy comes triumph in certain certain cases ultimately though the tournament was awesome and we can kind of move on to what i thought was a big success and 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 also just kind of a nice feeling to get where you're looking at how far the community has come or the development of the community itself when i was casting those matches and just you guys out there in the in in the actual event talking to people it wasn't like people went there you could you could go there by yourself alone and you'll know so many people it's not like you're walking in it's like okay i gotta sit here and wait for my pairing okay my pairing's up i'm gonna go sit down play my game and then go wait and then like you are always next to or within the vicinity of somebody that you know that you like that you care about that cares about you and the the most impactful thing that i witnessed was the quarterfinals brody versus mara and they were laughing and talking and i'm like you guys have so much on the line here and seeing mara do something like attack brody or make a play and brody's like wow that's a good one like awesome stuff and laughing and like she'd like he'd pop one of her dragons and mara would be like oh you had it and he's like yeah i got you like the, the amount of camaraderie between just that that match felt like it was being seen everywhere did you get that kind of feeling charmer like you know when you're when you're out there and even playing in your matches you didn't play much because you're faking an injury but you know (laughs) but throughout the entire weekend yeah like i was saying earlier (laughs) you knew exactly when matches were ending um but even with matches like ongoing um it was really interesting there was one specifically with uh you know when juha and michael feng were just in that heavyweight two hour you know plus lord of the rings extended edition version of flesh and blood um there were moments where you know juha would do something and you know the life totals change by like four at the end of the turn but all of the dromai stands were out in those chairs watching like the projector and they would just like go wild like yes he's catching up or he's turning the tide and there'd be like clapping and cheering and you'd hear people be like you know i'm so conflicted because you know i want dromai to win but i also want old him to living legend so i don't know how i feel about this and just all sorts of uh, you know again people really into flesh and blood and all of the you know good parts of flesh and blood were showing up right so people who were again cheering on their favorite hero cheering on their favorite players um cheering against heroes that they don't like you know i heard a lot of uh, old him and icelander slander when we start talking about the battle hardened I, I heard quite a few people saying like i'm so glad that this is the end of it and it's just it's just nice and it was also nice that I got to see a lot of familiar faces, but there were so many people that I've interacted with on social media because Flesh and Blood has a wonderful Twitter community, which is very, very rare to say that anything is a good community on Twitter. But Flesh and Blood honestly has a really great Twitter community. And I got to meet so many people for the first time that I've met through there, you know, Jotrick and Bryn and so many others. And then even going a step further, I got to meet people like Rose, who, you know, I had never met at all prior but the moment she said pummel icelander we were best friends so um just overall wonderful wonderful atmosphere it was awesome like i'm trying to just get back to you're mentioning like oh people cheering for heroes and they'll always cheer for heroes because 
this is a game I find that people are very um, just associated or very married to one particular hero, not even class. It's not like I'm a ninja person. I'm a Katsu or I'm a Fi or I'm a whatever. Like it's, and that's a great thing. Now it could have its, you know, that's a conversation for a different episode talking about that kind of stuff and what it means. But um, I think that like I'm wearing my Katsu shirt, you know, from, uh, from Fab Metal Tokens, which is awesome because, and everybody out there was wearing kind of the stuff of the particular heroes that they like. But what's great about this now is people are starting to root for players. Like you're starting to have the heroes emerge out of the community and not just the game. You're starting to have the people who are like, who's your favorite player? Well, my favorite player is Mara Faris because she took Dromai to the, you know, whatever. And I'm a Dromai person and she really innovates and she digs into it. Well, my favorite player is Michael Fang. He's Mr. Consistency. He's the sure thing. He will always convert. He will always be there. And he plays so clean, so meticulous. And, you know, well, my favorite player is Brody Spurlock because he's Brody Spurlock. Like <laughs> because he murders ham sandwiches. Oh, he is absolutely. On the leg. Oh, God, dude. Do you think that this game is, should dig into that more? Like, I think that this game should absolutely start featuring the the faces behind the game more and really starting to pump the tires of these people of being almost pseudo celebrities within the game. And out of that maybe there becomes these heels and faces that start to sort of, you know, bubble up. Yes. I mean, yes. Uh, the, the single best video package thing I saw this weekend was the sizzle reel for the top eight that they made where each player kind of did the, a little pose thing for the camera. That, uh, that alone is star making. That is how you you get three seconds to get your personality across to the camera. And I, uh, and they direct, I mean, I don't know how I, I wasn't in the room when it was made, obviously, but you get the impression of the players from those three seconds. They nailed it, but that's star making. That's I recognize. I, I mean, I, I have all of those poses in my head right now. The face that goes to the name and the, the attitude of the pose, Mara being insufferable, uh, <laughs> you know, folks looking exactly like you expect Matthew folks to look if you ever have read his Twitter. Um, yep, exactly. Yeah. There you go. But that and, was it. Uh, that was so perfect. Like, and yeah, yes. It, and then Fang on the giggle while he was doing the bonk. Like, yeah. that is very Michael. I mean, Brody just looking, God, that he's the goofiest little shit. And I love him. But, and, you know, he had that look too, you know, and, uh, and Andrew just looked like he was uh, in Talladega Nights and didn't know what to do with his hands. But <laughs> uh, that's, a, I know Andrew, and that's, a, it, one, it worked, and two, yeah, that's pretty much it. Well, um, so, yeah, go for it. Well, I, I just wanted to like also jump in real quick and say, I agree with Logan. What stands out to me, and one of my favorite things when I watch like traditional sports, uh, you know, the NFL, when they're doing the player intros and they get like the two seconds to say like their name and the university they came from and then they start throwing their personality in it. It reminded me of that and I would like to see them expand on it. But as somebody who, you know, I also come from the esports background, so I've obviously covered a lot of card games, but I've also covered non card games and, and done some other broadcasts. One of the things that I 
would love to see them do. And I understand that there are time constraints and production constraints. I, I get how hard it is because I've been a part of those broadcasts. But one of the things that I would love to see them do is once you know who your top eight is going to be, get them, you know, have like a preset canned like five questions and get each of them to just sit in front of a camera, answer five things like, you know, who in the top eight is, you know, the person you're most worried about, you know, if if it's not you, who do you think is going to win, blah, 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 right? Just give us something and then throw it together so we can, you know, throw together these things for um, when their matches are getting ready to start or in, in between their matches or give you as the commentators, you know, something to reference when you get to that narrative and that story building. Um, there's There's so many like additional broadcast ideas that... I think that we could execute, but again, it's always resources and time and whatever. Um, esports, a lot of times, did. by the time you, well, they did. We but did, yeah. Well, so it was uh, the beginning of the top eight. We Tatnan actually brought each player into the studio. We, so there's the there was the casting yeah. booth, and there was like a duplicate of it on the other side of the room that was for for interviews, and we did okay. we did do that. So Tannen did ask all those questions and those, those, those reels were actually those like four or five minute interviews were played ahead of the match. It's like, okay, now we're going to hear from Mara Ferris. And then we'd hear the, the interview. It would cut back to us. We'd talk about Brody briefly, what Brody's playing. Here's his record moving into the thing. Here's who he beat. Let's hear from Brody cuts back to us. This is all while they're shuffling and doing all this stuff. I, I like, I know what you're getting at to the degree, like the whole sizzle reel thing, I didn't get to see because it wasn't really played for us or, or I didn't get to catch it. I caught it on a replay where, like you mentioned, it's the whole like, here's our top eight and you get every, each player gets like a two or three second kind of like you can do your pose. Some of them were just like sitting staunch like this. You had Matt Folks doing the full pump up like, you know, Hulk mode and whatever. And what I loved about that and I, I what I get about this whole thing is I know that not everybody is an us, you know, not everybody's going to have a personality <laughs> to flex, you know, uh, a smucker's face. Yeah. Well, I know you're, this is yours. This is yours. It would cut and you'd be like, well, like it's, it's weird though, because I'm pretty <laughs> sure that, you know, don't they handle the casters just a full profile of everybody? In the oh, absolutely. Yeah, full, I thought full, that, like, yeah. pronunciations, yeah. everything, and pronunciation you, know, guide, everything. you have all the, you have all the info, you, you have need, the like, vaccination records. records. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Social security numbers, blood type. We get, um, we get to actually, um, have conversations with like their father and mother, their upbringing. We get to hear their, all their motivations, their fears, um, we get to speak to their elementary school teachers prior to this, this is all in there uh, as yeah. as DM Armada put it. He's like, we have we have compiled quite the uh, quite the dossier on everybody. Like, yeah, that's a whole other uh, that's a whole other can of worms. We're going to we're going to hit that one in the go again segment because I got some things to say. So if you want the spicy version, uh, you guys should uh, stick around to the Patreon exclusive go again segment. But yeah. yeah. That is, is that the one I get to say whatever I want in? Yes, you've been well yeah, behaved. I'm very, I'm very happy for you. Like, I said the S, I, I said shit already. So like, you I, did? I burnt that bridge. I, I, I just want to elaborate further. So like, I know that they did the questions. Um, I guess what I was not articulating well enough is that I wanted them to be spicier. So again, when you get those segments in like esports, they smack talk. Right. Like, and I know that our players are capable of it because I've sat next to Mara Ferris. Yeah, well, so Mara, I guess what I'm yeah. getting at is 
not that they didn't do it, but I want the questions to be a little bit more directed. I need Brody Spurlock to cut a wrestling promo. That's what I'm getting at. I need that level of entertainment. Who is he? Is he like Spike Dudley? <laughs> he's either, he's like a cross between Spike Dudley and uh, he like early one, two, three kids. Yes, I, I was, was about just, to say Sean Waltman. I was going to say either one, two, three kid or the hurricane. Oh, the That's hurricane. Brody, he, yes. he will grow into the hurricane. Yeah. But right now he is probably closer. If he starts, if he goes on to like a, 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 a an acid trip route, he'll become Spike Dudley. If he stays on his current trajectory, he's currently one, two, three kid after just de- defeating Razor Ramon. Yes. And with the roll up. Yeah. With the roll up, the critical roll up. And so he will be, he'll, uh, he's on his hurricane arc. Yeah. But you so know what? We can rate this out. If he hangs out with us, then he is going to become X Pac. He will literally become X Pac. Yeah. 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 Not, we yeah. cannot allow that. We could absolutely not <laughs> allow that. But I don't know. Like, but like, the th- I don't think he's allowed to hang out with me. I'd be, because the very first time I ever met Brody was uh, I, I played his mom at a calling and I and I trounced makes her it sound like the cosplay contest. Who are you? It I'm does. Brody's mom. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Um, yeah. So like I, 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 I mean, it wasn't even close. Like I thoroughly whipped her because I was on Starbo. And okay, you should it, it probably choose your words better. Sorry, Brody, I dominated your mom because I had all three elements in my hand. And was it a crippling crush? Yeah, well, you, Did you her. give her the spinal? Mm-hmm. And then, oh and then, God. literally two rounds later, uh, I play against Brody, and he was on Viserai at the time, like OTK Viserai. Um, and then I beat him, but he he like recognized me enough, like not to know me, but somehow knew that I knew you. Um, he said that you were. He was a big fan of you specifically. Like he was like, I love Flake's show. I never miss it. Um, and I was like, that's cool. And, you know, he's my buddy. And then I also said, you know, if you're on Viserai, because he was talking through the matchup like Brody does, right? The minute you're done, he wants a debrief. He wants to dive in. And I love that about him. And so, you know, I I gave him my pointers. And then I said, hey, if you're looking to pilot this better, because at the time that was Majin Bay's go to. This was before he was on Icelander. He was a big Viserai guy. And I said, listen, let me introduce you to my buddy, Caleb. He plays Viserai a lot and they did connect. And then he just picked his brain like all weekend long. So that was actually how I met Brody was you know, I beat him and his mom at the same event and I feel really bad about it, but you know, someday, you know, he'll, someday he'll, he'll turn, uh, he'll be eligible to vote and then he can be on our show because not until like, I will not. mm -mm. This is the, this is the dangerous element. Okay. It was Monday morning. My flight was at 4 PM. Checkout was at 11. Uh, so at like 11 o'clock, I'm walking out of my room and I know that the the previous day, I think it was like Brendan Patrick and whatever were like, Hey, um, tomorrow morning, Jim, I was like, if I'm, if I'm feeling it, but I'm like, I am so, so exhausted. So I didn't go, but I walked past the gym cause it was on my, on my floor and folks was in there. Tannen was in there. Tannen's doppelganger clone was in there. Brendan was in there and he, and Brody Spurlock, was in the gym working out with folks and and Patrick and they were giving him tips and I'm like if you if if you mix those brains that kindness and personality and he suddenly becomes this Adonis specimen this guy is going to run the freaking world like he is he is basically just he he has no bad matchups in life like you get what I'm saying like he has he's got it all and I'm so happy for this kid because 
like you guys, you met, uh, you guys have, uh, have you met his, his, his mother, uh, Logan? Uh, no, I have not. His mother, Charlotte. She's wonderful. She is. I met her before meeting Brody. I met her at the calling in the first calling in Indianapolis. Uh, I played against her in a side event and I, I was on Starvo like everybody else was. I beat her cause I was on Starvo and afterwards I was giving her a little bit of, I, I offered him like, is it, may I give you some advice and whatever. And then she's, I'm like, oh, so like, have you been playing long? She's like, I'm here because my sons like to play and they're pretty good. I said, awesome. I said, who are your sons? And eventually I met them and I met Brody and we got to talking or whatever. I said, this is such a fascinating story because I met Brody and he was telling me about how he only plays at the time. He only played against his brother and his mom and then he would go to armories. And this kid, man, like I, I, I'm so happy that the professional community hasn't sort of devolved into hating each other or like negative rivalries. I'm all for rivalries. I'm all for competition. But I'm I'm so glad that the people who are at the top are people like Brody Spurlock, Michael Fang, Michael Hamilton, you know. Um, uh, I mean, the fact that like after their game ended, like Mara and Michael had like the big hug. And then, you know, Michael also, he did that like he ran to Brody thing. You, like you can just tell, right? They're all very respectful of each other. And even though they compete fiercely and they have their own playtesting teams and whatever, um, you're right. There is a level of sportsmanship there that is is delightful. But I, I have to say, for me, it's also one of the reasons that I wanted to get back into physical card games to begin with, because somebody who spent a lot of time covering digital card games, uh, people are toxic because they're playing against a username on the screen, right? They forget it's a person. And then we had the pandemic. And so like I was craving human interaction and then you get out and you sit across the table from somebody and you're like, oh yeah, that's right. We're playing a game. It's meant to be fun and win or lose. Like we can be friends after this. It's not a big deal. Even if big money's on the line, like, yeah, I'd like to win, but also, you know what? Like you're cool. We have a shared interest. Let's hang out. I think this goes beyond sportsmanship though. This isn't just sportsmanship because I have good sportsmanship when I'm playing against somebody that I've never met in my life and I've spoken two words to. Uh, oh. Okay, yeah. <laughs> the the, the self-mute, appreciated. Um, this is, this is kind of like family to a degree. And for a lot of people, and I've said this, I think I said this to, I said this to Josh Scott, and I'll say it to you guys, you know, I, I live in a city where I don't have many friends here because it's not where I was born and raised. A lot of the friends that I grew up with, their lives and their trajectories are immense. They are, they all have office jobs, they have families, and they have things to do. We don't have anything in common anymore very much. You know, like if we're together, it's great and it's awesome and we'll go to each other's weddings and we'll all laugh and we'll have a good time. But, you know, our, our lives are completely different. This is my family. These are my best friends now. Like you guys, you know, everybody who I see at these events. And the joy I feel seeing Mara win, Michael win, um, you know, um, whether it's it's Yuha or Andrew or, or anybody or Bartosz winning or any of these players that I have spoken to and had a good rapport with and talked to and laugh with. Like that makes me feel so happy inside. But damn it, 
sometimes I wish that some of them had bad attitudes. Like, can you imagine? I know that we're talking about like, you know, you mentioned like Mara being insufferable and whatever, but on this whole face heel thing and, and really creating this more spicier environment of professional and competitive play. Imagine if somebody like Noah Clark was like in a top eight giving <laughs> interviews. Holy uh, shit. Dark odious. Yeah. Like the closest we have right now, like when Matt Folks got into the top eight and he was giving interviews and whatever, I'm like, fuck yeah, dig into that shit, dude. Because like, that's what we want to hear. That's what I want. I, yeah, I want that. I absolutely did yeah, you hear what you said. I did. I hear that. Yeah. So there, you have a green light for one. I don't know what Mark's going to do or he's going to bleep it up, but you can, you can, you can drop one if you want. But people like Noah Clark, you're talking about, about Mara being insufferable on Dromai. You should see some of the conversations that we have with Noah. And I love Noah. Noah's a great guy, but I don't think I've ever seen anybody more, more confident and, and, you know, in their lives about this stuff. And he, but, but at the same time, he converts, like he's a world-class player, you know, I just want more of that. I want somebody up there to give an interview and be like, oh, how do you feel about this matchup? And it's like, you know, Mara and Brody, they have a mutual respect. They're friends. They're not going to, you know, you know, trash talk each other. But for just for once, I want to be like, yeah, they have no chance. They're garbage. I'm going to absolutely just mop the floor. I I would have absolutely lost my mind if Mara would have said something like, call CPS. I'm about to abuse a child. Like. Like really just <laughs> throw just the line, promo. right? Like the, the gauntlet. Yeah. Like I, that's why I was saying like, I want the spice. I'm with you. That's why I was saying like, yeah, we, we asked those things. We did the real, but this is what I was getting at. It's kind of the same thing. I know that they're, you know, really good friends but for the production. Like I want them to kind of trash talk a little bit. I'm right there with you. It's gotta be organic though. Like I, that's yeah. the one thing. And I don't think you can ever just extract any kind of negativity out of somebody like Brody Spurlock. Mara, forget it. Like Mara, you put her on one, one tangent. Yeah, it's, that's totally reasonable. It was, you know, and, and you could, you could get the fired up baby face promo out of, out of Brody. That's possible. And that, that still works in the context of everything. You just have to have this, you, you know, you have to have, all versions of the heel. You have to have the smarmy heel. You have to have the the cocky, arrogant heel. You have to have the monster heel. Like you have to have all of it. And that's important. And the promos getting cut have to, the best part of like that entire thought process of cutting a promo on someone is the cutting part because it has to get deep enough so that they bleed. Otherwise it's not worth doing. And there are some people out there that would cut that promo and would have zero qualms about doing that. Some of them are in the top eight of this event. I don't, I don't know if you know that, but you know, I'm pretty sure Matt folks would do that. I'm hundred yeah. percent sure that Mara you know, would. I've seen him throw like, Hey, you want a money match so many times in a, in a discord. So I know he's capable. Well, just when people are, are kind of like, I don't know if you've ever seen some of his tweets talking about, you know, fitness and whatever. And yeah, calling people fat pieces. Yeah, of shit. It's yeah. like, hey, do you want to no longer be a fat piece of shit? Why don't you go ahead and start working your ass off, you lazy bitch? And it's like, holy crap. It's like, but at the same time, and then he goes, wins a pro tour, top eight's another, and is his like he showed he tweets out his like fitness results. And he's like, Yeah, I scored a 102 on 100 on my fitness, on my fitness, you know, evaluation. It's like, how do you do that? Like, are you like, I don't get it. You know, it's like that, you know, like that scene in The Simpsons where it's on the Donald Trump scale. So he can go over it. He's huge. But I mean, he shows me like these are like they're actual, you know, it's like that scene in The Simpsons where Homer's in the tank and is and the guy and the doctor's like 102% body fat. 
How does that happen? And he's eating a chicken leg in it. It's like, hey, no eating in the tank. He's like, go to hell. It's the reverse of that. It's the total reverse of that. But I think that competitive flesh and blood is in a very good spot. Like cards aside, I think that the cards and such is just part of it. The community and the people who are winning and, and performing well, the decks they're bringing, the interactions, the camaraderie, I think it's doing very, very well. And I think that LSS is aware of this. And I wouldn't be surprised if in 2024 they start creating more of an invitational circuit and start mm-hmm. and start developing and digging into and, and kind of cultivating like narratives of, you know, you all have histories now. You know, you got you beat this person in this tournament to, you know, you beat this person in this tournament. This person beat you. You've never beaten this person. Like creating that kind of rivalry dynamic and really digging into that aspect. I've seen it. I've tried to do it in other games I've cast. Like Gwent has the most boring people who play it in life. The one or two people who actually have personalities and would dominate. They were the stars, but there was only like one or two of them. And if they weren't in a tournament, it was it was like. You know, I was going to say white, like a white bread ham sandwich, but that's Brody's thing. But that's just Brody. Yeah. yeah. But I think that that is something they should absolutely look to dig into. That's a giant sack of ham sandwiches, too. Yeah. Like that little fucker just had like this grocery See, sack full of white bread, ham, no condiments. This is what we do. Like that's uh, that's how you know how to set up Brody's heel turn, right? Because when when he finally goes off the deep end, he's going to like show up with tacos and that's going to be the signal. I have going to be like a signal that, you know, oh, in serious business now, he brought some spice. You know, if he's ever on like actual Indian curry, look out, he's spitting fire. Oh, dude, what he's going to do is that when this kid turns 21 or 19 in Ontario or 18 in Montreal, actually, you know what? When he's 18, we should take him to Montreal. Um, Is just shows up. It's like, what's in the bag, Brody? And he's just got like us like multiple six packs ready to go. And after every time that he wins a match, it's just like shotguns of beer, crushes it on his skull and goes and gets his next pairing. Like would watch. Oh, 100 percent, 100 percent. Because I like what I what I fear about this from a very selfish perspective is if Brody becomes like the John Cena of flesh and blood where he just keeps winning, but he's really a nice guy. So you just turn, you just start to hate him for it. You know, we can't have that. We cannot have yeah. that. Yeah. Oh. There could be worse things than being the John Cena of flesh and blood. Let's let's be real here. Uh, if guess. he's going to be the John Cena of flesh and blood, he needs to go through a phase where every time he comes out to play, he has to rap first. I'm all for that, dude. My God. Yeah. Please don't. Yeah. <laughs> well, I need to see Brody rapping. Oh, my mm. God. Oh, like what in your mind? What would what would be like the ultimate? ultimate like again it's a it's a full production you get you get to cut promos you get like a week to develop the storyline before the match happens who are like the two that you would want to see go head to head where they're like cutting promos against each other they have the in-ring contract signing i think that for me it's i think it's like i think it would be folks versus like noah clark i think that would be incredible but i think that noah clark might be a little intimidated it's very heel on heel if you do folks and Noah, though. Um, I, I I think I, as much as, you know, honestly, sometimes people rub you the wrong way and, and folks is on that list. The 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 fact that he's good at this game and borderline great at this game 
and has the ability and the arrogance to be that that cocky ass heel. Throw him in the ring. Let's do it. Like he's one. I'm going to have to say, you know, we need like I want to see like him and Yuki because I want to see like all of it just bounce off Yuki like it's nothing and her just kind of stare him down. And then she just gets to have this like it's it's weird in that instance because Yuki would be the monstrous face like the you can say whatever the hell you want. It doesn't matter. Keep talking, little man, because I'm going to crush you under my heel. Like that's I think that that would be compelling in numerous ways. So I, I think that's right, where I'm so, going. So here's my vote. And I understand that part of this is is bias because I also have a long history with the Legends of Runeterra community. But uh, I want Noah Clark as my heel against Majin Bay, <laughs> a.k.a. Kewels, a.k.a. Known Ma- cheater Caleb Van Patten. Yeah, known no cheater. Because uh, I think Majin is very much a, a, a likable face. He's got that big smile. You, you know, talk to him and everybody's so enthused and he's always so happy to sign things for people. Um, but also they both have a long history in Legends of Runeterra. Obviously, Majin Bay seasonal champion at one point. Um, you know, Noah, if you don't know, he goes by Dark Odious and he, and he, he hates, hates it. if you bring that up. <laughs> but that's even uh, that's even part of the story, right? Like, I would love a thing where, you know, in every promo, uh, he only calls him by Dark Odious. He refuses <laughs> to refer to him as Noah it's just like, to like rub it in. It's like, like I, I could just see the two of them really digging in and they would make a spectacle of it, but like in a good, fun way, like they would both understand the assignment. So for me, like, that's what I'd want. If you get like a week to cut promos between those two, because they both have a lot of creative chops as well. Like you'd get quality trash talk. It's like when uh, I, I forgot who it was, but it was during I think it was, it might have been like the Cena. It might have been the Cena CM Punk feud where I think Cena eventually refers to CM Punk as Phil. You know, it gets really yeah, real. Yes. Yeah. Yep. He's like, he's like, listen here, Phil. And then it does, that's when it gets really real. It's like, you, you know, like, listen here, Darkodius. And then, you know, that would just change the dynamic. I've got the best one. To me, uh, you have to have, and I've, uh, you might, you guys might not know this, but I've, like, I've spoken to Tarek Patel a lot, like, privately, mm-hmm. whatever. This is somebody who has the Kurt Henning, Mr. Perfect vibe, like a thousand times. He's got, oh yeah, like he's got not. It's like oh, yeah. it's got a little bit of cockiness, but he backs it up. Like he knows what he's doing. He's well articulated. He's good at everything he does. Belts. He just happens to be a doctor. Oh, by the way. Oh, and, and he shoots in the seventies at golf. Like why not? Yeah. Like you know, he's just good at everything. With I won the national championship of two countries. Like why the hell not? A hundred percent. It has like I think Tarek can play face while also dishing, and and I think that Folks is like the perfect foil, the perfect heel for that. Like as much as Noah Clark, you know, we're talking about him. I think that Noah would be a little bit outclassed by Folks because Folks Folks has nothing left, like has nothing to prove, and neither does Tarek. So both of them are like, say what you want, like you know. But Tarek can just move to England. And then go take a third belt. Oh, man. And that would be it. That would be so cool. That would be so cool. That is one way to sort of cement a legacy. For sure. For sure. Um, we have so much to talk about. And there's not enough time, unfortunately. I mean, th- this whole weekend in... We didn't even talk about things like... 
going to dinner and, and hanging out and, and all the extracurricular nonsense and the fact that purple is a delicious flavor. Purple's amazing. <laughs> purple is delicious. Dude, I well, I don't know what those were, but I got home and, and sat down like yeah, late last night, completely exhausted, put on some Sunny and went to the fridge and was so disappointed that there was no more purple. Yeah, Brian's Great Grape Sour from Barntown Brewing. I just drank one while we were doing this broadcast. And hashtag? No free ads. Damn right. I'm still waiting for Magic Spoon to... Magic Spoon, I'll, I'll, I'll like every now and then I'll tweet. I'm like, hey, would love a Magic Spoon sponsorship or partnership. What and is a Magic Spoon? What the hell are you talking it's about? It's cereal that tastes like all the best cereals you've ever had in your life, but no sugar. Like, it's just... It's it's like all f- like high fiber high, but it tastes like they have a Fruit Loops version. Tastes exactly like Fruit Loops. No sugar, none of the bad stuff. I've had some. It's delicious. The but it's like eight or nine bucks a box, and they do sponsorships and stuff. So I have tweeted at them. I said would love to be have a Magic Spoon sponsorship, and they'll like like the tweet, so they know they know. But I'm not quite there yet, apparently. But we'll get there at some point. I'm telling you. But I mean, right. if, if somebody wants to send me some purple stuff, <laughs> love me some purple stuff. So I just want a coffee sponsorship. That would be great. Uh, I, I no. start and end with coffee. So you end yeah, I with really, coffee. I really do need that beer sponsorship. I know that. No, you don't. I love you, man. <laughs> but I do not want to do a podcast solo. So let's ease up on your liver. Dude, talk to I Tommy. Say, I didn't say I wanted a cocaine sponsorship for God's sakes. I said I wanted a beer sponsorship. <laughs> Like, it's not the same thing. Can, Tommy Don can't hook you up? He would sponsor his own shit before he would do me. Besides, you know, and I get it. Like, it's, but, and Trogues is fine, but, like, I, I really want to angle for that Sun King sponsorship. I think that that's where I need to be. Well, you know, uh, they are definitely listening to this podcast, for sure. They absolutely aren't. They yeah, have no fucking idea what we're talking about. They do make the Gen Con beer every year, though. <sighs> so there is that. All right, friends. I love you both so dearly. Um... We're going to do the go again segment after this. So we'll give you uh, an opportunity to sort of plug your nonsense, plug your awesome podcast, which reminds me of when we were leaving the venue and I went to go talk to, went to go say bye to, to James and you guys were there. And I'm like, I'm like, this, I'm like, these two are the only podcast that I like religiously listen to. And Tommy's there and he's like, Hey, <laughs> that, okay. So a couple of things. One, he, he saw us. He's like, is that your crew is what he asked you. Oh, <laughs> and that already was like, Oh, I have so many things to say right now. I'm just going to go ahead and not say them. And then your response was very gracious. Like, no, they are the hosts of flesh and pod. It's my favorite podcast. It's the only one I, I religiously listen to. And I never seen that man look so confused. Yeah, he's like, yeah. I was like uh, trying to trying to figure out like you know how I break to him that I'm his LinkedIn buddy, but <laughs> oof, ugh. but yeah, Tommy was a little uh, a little offended. I wouldn't call him. Fully I didn't offended. see. I honestly didn't even see him there. Um, for for like Tommy's somebody who I always have time for and will always have time for me, and I love him dearly for that. And I do listen to uh, I do listen to Fresh and Buds. I do. Uh, the problem is, is like I, the Fresh and Buds to me is more of a if I have time or I'm, if I'm traveling or whatever, I'll download whatever the episode is. But if I'm not traveling or I'm not on a, on a plane or whatever, I'll miss like a week or two. When I say religiously, like I mean Tuesday rolls around, 
I'm there. Like I'm waiting for it, you know, like, so, uh, that's, that's what I mean. And for those of you who are, are listening to this, if you like this kind of conversation, like you get that with these two doofuses, these two donkeys are like basically just have this going on for a, an hour and change once a week religiously, which I do highly respect. Highly respect. baby. Yeah. That's a big deal. Dude. No misses. This is no 81. Misses. This is we're at 81. Can you tell me one sports person with the number 81? With an I won sports persons. Okay, that's a good. That was an eighty-one. Uh, that's that's actually quite a good one. Uh, I don't think Antonio Brown was an eighty-one, right? Um, I think I'm more eighteens than eighty-ones right now for some reason. I'm thinking about the one hockey player who I absolutely despised until he left the Maple Leafs. Got, oh, uh, a Sedin. It wasn't a Sedin. It's it's the most it's it was the current or is the the ongoing Iron Man record. The guy whose fitness is somewhere is somewhere in the middle of all three of us. Like the the guy I'm talking about Phil the Thrill Kessel. Kessel. Yeah. Would would regularly be seen outside of uh, Scotiabank Arena after games getting hot dogs. (laughs) It's the John Cruck. I mean, yeah. Yeah. It's the, you know, John Crock at one time was at a bar and then somebody asked him, like, I think uh, particularly, I think the story goes, there was a woman asked him, like, um, you know, what are you doing here? He's like, what what are you talking about? You're like, you're sitting here smoking a cigar and drinking whiskey and eating and, and eating horribly. Are you an athlete? And he looked at her and laughed, goes, honey, I'm not an athlete. I'm a ball player. <laughs> and so perfect. Like, I mean, if Babe Ruth can do it, like if there's any indication that natural talent is a thing. Babe Ruth, Andre the Giant, you know, all these dudes who are just, you know, crushing beers, eating hot dogs, giving absolutely no regard to their personal well-being. And then saying, was it David Wells who pitched a perfect game hungover? Hungover. Yep. He was epically hungover when he threw his perfect game. And there was another pitcher, I think, who threw a no-hitter while high on LSD. There was I forgot um, what his the, name the was. Birdman Birch. Yeah. Um, yep. He was. I don't think it was LSD. I think it was shrooms, but it was a psychedelic. He yeah. was completely just off the reservation and through a no, no. Yeah. That's insanity. Insanity. All right. Plug your plug your uh, stuff there. Starting with you there, Smuckers. Uh, Flesh and pod. It's a podcast on literally every podcast platform and also YouTube and you should subscribe to the YouTube because doing so is free and then push the thumbs up button to offset me pushing thumbs down every week. I heard about that. I used to have that too. I'm also uh, like I post some individual stuff. I'm charmer. That's charm three R on Twitch and on YouTube. And I'm that charmer on Twitter, which is the social media I use the most, even though it's a hell site. And Logan Peterson, my friend, uh, yeah, every Tuesday, Flesh and Pod comes out with a new episode. We are a tireless group of uh, of idiots. Well, group at this point, it's just the two of us. But yeah, it's uh, 74 straight episodes. There's plenty of content there to devour. It's I've gone back and tried to listen to the first episode. Man, it is unlistenable. Like, it just it's so amazing that, you know, 74 episodes ago, we sounded like we were recording in a coffee can in an alleyway in Columbus and had no idea what to do or what what good was right and now we're 74 episodes in we have i would say we have one of the the most loyal fan bases that are out there i'm jealous are nuts 
and they are fundamentally, you know, just messed up in the head. And I love it. I love every stitch of it because so am I. But you can find me personally at Logan Peterson anywhere. I, I just it's always my name, mainly because I do not have an inner monologue. So I need to be kept completely in check by the dumb shit that I say being held to it so that I learn from it. Otherwise, nope, it'll be horrible all the time. <laughs> That's brave. And it is brave, but it's how I've operated for 20 years or whatever. The uh, then also, if you want to contact the podcast directly, which is still just me, honestly, uh, fleshpot at gmail.com at fleshpot on Twitter. That's usually a social media choice. And uh, we have a discord server. If you are happy to listen to an episode, links are in the show notes. Uh, we are, <laughs> you know, I don't even know how to describe what we do. We just get on the microphone and just start talking. And eventually it turns into something that I'm going to say something. And then Charmer's going to find the little backdoor stupid shit. Look at that face. Look at that face. Yep, look at that face. Just to piss me off by making the dumbest pun you can ever, ever come up with. And thinking that he just like you know, wrote War and Peace or, you know, composed the symphony because he'll think about how great that pun is. And it just makes me want to kill him. Yeah. Charmer knows my rule. Like if I ask him a question, I immediately, immediately disregard the first thing he says every time without fail. I don't, I just literally, I write down my question. I hit send in discord. I copy and paste. I get a response from him. I don't even read it. I just repaste the question and then I will get the actual he ran somebody off in in Baltimore because they came up and they were having this conversation with the two of us. And it was wonderful. And then they're like, okay, well, I'll see both of you guys in Pittsburgh. I'm like, yeah, I'll be there. And Charmer's like, no, I'm not going to make it. And I'm like, I'll be there. You piece of shit. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I will be there. Okay, yeah, that's great. Like, you gotta hate you so much right now. Yeah, that sounds uh, sounds about right for, uh, for Charmer, but... Uh... We're going to do the Go Again segment after this, ladies and gentlemen, which is essentially a Patreon exclusive. It usually comes out uh, about a day after everything else. But if you're not a Patreon subscriber, you're missing out on a lot of unhinged, uncensored stuff. And if you want that, well, I've got the perfect duo to wet your palate on that one. But I do want to say thank you to our sponsors at Kayfabe Cards. Go to kayfabecards.com for your singles and your sealed product. All kinds of games go to Kayfabe Cards. As well as BCW Supplies, use the code ISP10, 10% off all of your purchases for all kinds of cool stuff. And I want to give a big shout out as well to uh, Fab Metal Tokens for making these amazing shirts. They have some for so many different heroes, as well as the kind uh, the kind person in Washington who got me this feisty locals hat, which is uh, from their gaming. It was so cool. It fits like a dream too. I got to take the sticker off, but uh, it fits like an absolute dream. So thanks to you guys and uh, to everybody listening. You're not losing if you're learning. We'll catch you next time on ISP. Peace.